The New Orleans Pelicans signed EJ Liddell to a three-year deal. So what else needs to happen to the roster before the start of your season and your questions in a live episode of Locked On Pelicans? Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube where we are live right now. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Friday, or not Friday, it's technically a Thursday, but this counts as the Friday show. Also, since I do this a day early, it always throws me off every single time where I'm like talking in the future. If you've been listening for a long time, like the six, seven years I've been doing the show, it really messed with me in the beginning. So we got a live show today. The Pelicans just signed EJ Liddell. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about them being hard capped. Don't worry about that. It sounds scarier than it actually is. And then we will take your questions here. I see y'all talking it up in the chat. We got people in here. This is awesome. Thank y'all so much for joining. And of course, if you want to support Lockdown Pelicans, become an everydayer. Never miss an episode. We know what's going on. I've been telling you what's going on with this team. It's the number one Pelicans podcast. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and we're available on YouTube. And if you want to support the channel other than being an everydayer and listening Monday through Friday, just comment down below on YouTube, especially with Twitter kind of being the way it is. Maybe it's just easier to chat it all up there on YouTube. So let's get into EJ Liddell signing a what what just happened there? I'm not entirely sure, but we're still going. Can you all see me? Am I back? I don't know what happened. Can you all? I'll edit all of this when I put it up. Okay, take two. It looks like we're back. Okay, I really have no idea what happened there. All of a sudden, all of my screens and everything just went black. So that was fun. Okay, so we're back. So let's talk EJ Liddell. Pelican signing him. <laughs> we're just going to get right back into it. Uh, to a... Three-year deals. Third year is a team option. This was done using the non-taxpayer mid-level exception. What this essentially means is the Pelicans, you know, there's multiple ways to operate in free agency. You can be an over-the-cap team or an under-the-cap team. If you're an under-the-cap team, you use cap space. If you're an over-the-cap team, you use exceptions, the most common of which, the one you probably hear the most is the MLE, the mid-level exception, and there's a couple of those. So, the Pelicans used one of those because they're over the cap. And they used uh, it to sign EJ Liddell to pretty much a minimum deal here. But the third year is what makes this a mid, the non-taxpayer mid-level exception. What this does is essentially, it's not essentially, it does. It hard caps the New Orleans Pelicans. They cannot spend above basically $172 million this season. That's... Probably not going to be a problem because if they want to duck the luxury tax, the luxury tax is 164, 165. So this number is about, is usually about seven million above what the luxury tax threshold is. They're not going to get anywhere close to that anyway. So we don't really need to worry about them being hard capped. They've been actually hard capped a couple of seasons that you've probably been a fan of theirs. If you do a sign and trade, you are hard capped. So that meant that they were hard capped when they two years ago when they traded for. Devonte Graham. So right now the Pelicans are about three million over in the luxury tax 
not an area that they want to be. So what's most likely going to happen, and also it did not update my background, did it? This is the one from earlier today. Let me put the new one that I just made. Is that it? Let's try that. Nope. Okay. I don't know why none of this wants to work today. I'm going to keep talking. Ask me questions in the chat while I try and troubleshoot everything. Is this the one we want? Is this the one? Yes, there we go. I made a new graphic for y'all. Okay, we're back on it. So what this means is the next couple of moves for the Pelicans are basically just going to be trying to get under the luxury tax. They don't want to be spending it unless they have the right kind of move lined up. So they're going to probably look to get under the luxury tax, and it's most likely going to be done by trading Kyra Lewis Jr. at $5.7 million. That's not really where they want to be. If they trade him, they still have an open roster spot after that, and you fill it with a veteran minimum guy, you can get under the luxury tax by that $700,000, if that's the case. So that's what they're going to be looking to do. That's just coming at some point. They're also going to look to still trade Jonas Valanciunas. I have a feeling that you are going to have questions about a Jonas Valanciunas trade and other people that they could bring in. Um, Ronald says, as soon as I catch you on a live, we have technical difficulties. Yeah, I don't know what happened. That was, that was very weird. I usually pull these off without any sort of hitch. Um, Nikhil Menden says, will we ever have a tax paying ownership? I, so... On the tax, before we go into EJ Liddell here, like, I think so. I think that if you could, and I think it's very unlikely, get Damian Lillard while keeping Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram and Trey Murphy, they would absolutely pay the luxury tax for Dame, Zion, and BI. Very simple. I think they would do that. I think if they're a top four team in the West around the trade deadline when deals start to get done, they might make a move and go and get a guy. Now, again, they're hard capped at $172 million, but they weren't going to probably hit that anyway. So I don't think we really need to worry about the hard cap too much. Again, they've been hard capped in the past and it didn't matter. Usually if they're trying to duck the luxury tax, you're well enough below the hard cap that it doesn't end up being a big deal. For EJ Liddell, you know, he's he's a four. He's a four. I don't think he's really going to be a small ball center in the NBA. I think he's going to play the four. And look, I don't think we should expect him to get significant minutes to start the year. Let's see how he does in summer league first, but this is his first real basketball in a year. He just started playing five on five again. So I don't think that he's going to be handed a significant role to start the season. You know, the big man rotation is going to be Zion, Valanchunas, barring a trade, and then Larry Nance kind of backing up both of those positions, I think, with Cody Zeller getting some spot minutes here and there. I saw there was someone said a Lakers fan, a Lakers fan was in here trying to make fun of us for Jackson Hayes. Look, Jackson Hayes couldn't even beat out any of those guys for minutes. So, I think it's really those three guys with a little bit of Cody Zeller that are going to be playing the, the big man minutes. Um, EJ Liddell can get in there eventually. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't like ball out in summer league, if they maybe send him down to the G League for a little bit just to get him some run. So I think that's what you are kind of looking at for his role. You know, what he does is he rebounds, he defends, he's actually decent on the perimeter. He can give you some points. He has a bit of a three-point shot. And the Pelicans are going to give him opportunities to eventually carve out a role. This was a guy that they were very, very high on 
in the draft last year. I had him as my 20th best prospect in last year's draft. So when he was available at 41, I was ecstatic. They were ecstatic. And I think they want to see what he can do, but he hasn't played in a year. So let's pump the brakes on him a little bit. But I think this is someone who could be a steal of that draft eventually in another second round pick. So uh, that that's like a that you know shows out for New Orleans. So if they can develop him, they've got a very good track record again here. So I'm excited to see what he's going to be capable of doing eventually for the New Orleans Pelicans. Okay, so we had some technical difficulties here. We're back rolling now. So let's answer your questions here. I see a lot of them. We're going to kind of fly through these over the next 20 minutes or so. So let's get into that. Your questions here can be about EJ Liddell. It can be about trade targets. It can be about the salary cap. Literally whatever you got, throw them in there, and we'll start answering them. Only thing I ask is... Don't spam the chat. If I don't get to your question, it's okay. I ask it again in a little bit, but don't just like spam things in there. I don't want to have to like just block you from the channel, which is what I will do. So coming up next, your questions. I see some good ones in here, including one about Dwight Howard. Y'all, come on. I'll answer that. Coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by BetterHelp. Look, life doesn't come with an instruction manual. It can be hard to kind of figure out what's going on, make sense of the world around you, or even if you want to change some things about yourself, it's not always the easiest thing to do. So maybe you just need to talk to someone, get another opinion, and that's where therapy can come in. And I've actually used BetterHelp for just when life is hard. And what I love about it is it's entirely online and super flexible. I can do it during a lunch break. I can do it after normal hours, 7 p.m., 8 p.m., whatever the appointments are, whatever your schedule is, they will find a therapist that has hours for you. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. And you just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So let therapy help you in life with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday. And guess what? We're going to have a show on Saturday for y'all after the first summer league game. Bonus show on Saturday, talking about what we saw. It might be a little bit shorter, but let's break down what we saw in that. I'm excited. I hope you are too. I'm going to be watching the Pelican stream with Gus Kattengill and Aaron Summers on the call. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm glad that the Pelicans are making these even more available because the games would be able to be seen otherwise. So if you want to support Locked On Pelicans, again, the number one Pelicans podcast, just subscribe wherever you get your podcast and become an everyday or listen Monday through Friday and comment down below on YouTube. Okay, let's get into your questions here. I'm going to scroll up and we're just going to kind of go through all of those here. And then I got to do some editing after the show here uh, because of all of that. Aiden Orgeron asks, do you think Mitchell Robinson is a realistic option? So let's lump these in together. Let's lump these in together. Let's do the center trade, the Jonas Valanciunas trade. I don't think Mitchell Robinson is a realistic option for the New Orleans Pelicans right now. I actually like him more as a player than I used to. He's had some injury trouble, which is not great, I don't think. But he's a bit of a rebounding monster, and he gives you some block shots. So he gives you rebounding and rim protection. Doesn't have the court spacing. He can defend on the perimeter 
perimeter a little bit, but I wouldn't say he's the most mobile center. The reason I say I don't think he's a very realistic option right now is he's going to make $15.6 million next season. That's what Jonas Valanciunas is going to make. You know, you could trade for him. You know, you need to include other assets going to the Knicks, but are you, you know, assume that if you bring more salary back in a Jonas Valanciunas trade or even similar salary that you're paying the luxury tax, you want to pay the luxury tax for Mitchell Robinson? And I don't know if the answer is yes to that. Jared Allen, different story. But for a guy like Mitchell Robinson, I don't think that's really what you are going to be looking at when it comes to that. I saw, and I don't know where it is, Doug Rosenthal asked, Dwight Howard, oh, says Dwight Howard is finished in the NBA. Yes. Yes, he is. He is done. He is not good enough to be in the NBA at this point. Can dominate the, the Philippines League wherever he's playing, but Dwight Howard is not going to give you what you need. There's other options that you can go, and at this point, I'd probably probably rather just keep Jonas Valanciunas, who, if injuries come up, we've seen is capable of uh, carrying the Pelicans and being able to do that. The thing with the center position, you know, I think it's harder to build around a big man than it is a guard or a wing. So building around Zion Williamson is kind of tough because you need another unique big to pair alongside him. It was actually a similar problem with Anthony Davis here in New Orleans. How many different centers did they try? How many different centers have they tried for Zion Williamson? It's not easy, right? Someone was like, God, they just got to go get a shot-blocking, rebounding, three-point shooting center as if that's an easy thing to do, as if so many of those exist in the NBA. And it was funny. They was like yelling at me, being like, they don't need to do this. They, they need this player. There's like two of them. So you've just kind of trying to make the best of that situation. I like a lob threat like Allen that just doesn't need the ball to be effective offensively, whereas a guy like... Jonas Valanciunas does. So I think that's kind of the the problem. You know, one of the also the great things that Rob McCoy points out here is we're going to miss JV's 20 rebound games and availability. Availability is the key thing there. He missed like no games, two games, something like that, played 79, three games, whatever it was last season. He was as reliable as you could get from a player. And I think that's something that's important for the New Orleans Pelicans given the injuries. And we're not sure what might happen from those in the future. Yeah, he played 79 games. So did Trey Murphy, by the way. That's a very cool thing to see from the Pelicans. So let's keep going through your questions and comments here. It was Christian Soul Music who said, what do you think about the possibility of acquiring Dwight Howard? No. Like the possibility is there because no team's signing him, so he's available, but it's not going to happen. Jerome Morgan says, Yes, once healthy, I think EJ Liddell can be that backup big. Yeah, I think once he gets a little bit more acclimated, that he will have a chance to get minutes and be in the big man rotation. And your 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 rotation is gonna be Zion. JV, Nance, Liddell, maybe a little bit of Cody Zeller there. Um Marco Villanueva says, is, is leaking new simplified logo true? There's, they, they changed their logo a little bit. It's just kind of very simple and team forward. Like, it's not a big change. You know, it's still the Pelican. It just doesn't have New Orleans at the top. It has it kind of in script at the bottom. It's just an easy thing for them to do. And it should, you know, I think it's easier to see it say just New Orleans. And that's kind of the thing. Uh, Kevin Byers says, why would Dame not want to come here with the talent here, even without Zion, Zion, Zion? I mean, it's just not, look, 
players don't want to come to New Orleans. They don't want to go to Portland either. They want to go to L.A. They want to go to New York, Brooklyn. They don't mind Chicago. They like Miami and maybe Houston too. That's just kind of how it goes. You know, also when you look at the organizations and have a level of faith in the organization, I don't know if players have that about the Pelicans right now. Kind of simple as that. Again, do they want to go to a team that's never paid the luxury tax or do they want to go to a team that's made the Eastern Conference Finals three out of the past four years? It's the latter. And is also, you know, you can live on South Beach and do all of that. I don't know if he's going to end up going to Miami. I know the Pelicans, as has been reported, have called about him. I can tell you they probably discussed Zion Williamson in a trade for Damian Lillard too, whether that went further. But I think going back to the Scoot Henderson thing, that Portland isn't all that high on Zion Williamson. If they were, I think you could have had a Zion for Scoot Henderson trade. And look, they talked about that. I believe it was Portland wanted more. I don't think Portland values Zion Williamson that highly. And I was on the radio today saying basically as much. I think Zion's value around the league is pretty low and people think it's a big risk to take him on. And that's not something that teams are willing to do right now. And so it creates the problem of how do you value him? You know, would you give up Zion Williamson and picks? For Damian Lillard, I don't think the Pelicans want to do that, but Portland feels like you need to do that. Even for someone who's 32 years old, is going to be 36 years old as a 36-year-old making 63, 64, 65 million dollars, whatever it is going to be um, there. Reggie Max says, I'm big on Bull Bull, lots of upside. I talked about him in yesterday's show. Go, live, go listen to that one. He has a whole segment devoted to him, but... With Bull Bull, one of the things with that is, yeah, there's maybe, he, he was good for the first half of last year. He was bad for the second half of last year. This team doesn't have an opportunity for him to develop. You know, you say there's potential there, there's upside there, but guess what? They don't have time for him to figure that out because they're trying to compete and get into the playoffs right now. So they don't, it just doesn't make sense for New Orleans. To sign Bull Bull. I don't hate the idea on a minimum deal, but he doesn't have time here to figure it out. You've got to play well. They need established guys that you're not worried about. Hence why they went with a guy like Cody Zeller that you know exactly what you are going to get for him. Uh, JRIV says sign and trade for Christian Wood. Christian Wood's going to get got for very little. Probably looking at a minimum deal right now because the cap space is basically dried up around the NBA. Also, everyone hates Christian Wood. Like, a talented offensive player doesn't give you much defensively at all. But again, they don't need that necessarily. And when you look at Christian Wood, this dude has worn out his welcome wherever he is very, very, very quickly. That says something. One year in Dallas after they traded for him, with, with the issues that they had, and they were like, nope, we got it. It's just not going to happen. That's not an ideal type of player. West Bank Rick, what's up, dude? He says, not trading Zion. Look, they've, they've talked about it. They've talked about it. They've talked about that with other teams, too, and not just internally. I don't see it end up happening, but it's not out of the question, but no, he's not going to get traded, I think it's safe to say here. 
You know, I think for all y'all putting the veteran minimum guys in there, you know, I saw someone say, Matt Harrison says Dario Saric, right? I, I think they, they could end up bringing Garrett Temple back. You could end up getting someone else. I think Temple makes sense to bring back on a veteran, veteran minimum deal just for one more year. But I think it's not going to be like a name. It'll be Garrett Temple, and that's really it. If anything, it would be a guard. We'll get, I'll get into to Gafford in the next segment here. Lost says, hey, how are you, man? I'm good now that we don't have technical difficulties. The volume seems better on the show, too. Um, I, I'll have the background done in a couple of days here as I set up a new studio and everything. So all this looks pretty good. Jake Warren says, we should have signed Jock Landale. I mean, maybe, but the Pelicans weren't in a position to be able to do that in terms of money. That's why they were slow to start free agency. One, roster spots were a bit of a problem. And two, it was going to be for a veteran minimum. And people, I don't think, want to come here knowing you might not get those kind of minutes. And so I think that's part of the problem when it came to them in free agency and being able to act quickly. Like Malik Beasley would have been great on a vet minimum deal. But also Malik Beasley went to a better situation, went to a winning team, which New Orleans, although they were technically winning last season, um, aren't the Milwaukee Bucks. So that's kind of part of the problem. So it's there was just not a whole lot they were going to do in free agency. And that's why it's been saying, hey, they need to look at trying to kind of be active on the trade market, hence calls for Damian Lillard, hence making a guy like Jonas Valanciunas available. And so I think that's ultimately, if they're going to shake anything up, what it's going to be. So let's talk more about that. I see a couple of your questions here. I'll answer them coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, breaking it all down for y'all, the number one Pelicans podcast. If you want to support the channel, become an everydayer. If you're an everydayer, let me know in the comments on YouTube. I want to see them all here, and I'll give y'all shout-outs because that is awesome if you're listening Monday through Friday. We just crossed 1,500 episodes of Locked on Pelicans, by the way, which is just an insane thing to me. I've been doing this for, this will be my seventh year hosting the show, something like that. So I appreciate you all making Locked on Pelicans part of your day, whether it's your morning commute or whenever you listen. And if you only listen once or twice a week, add another show and you don't have to jump to five days a week just yet. Go from two to three, one to two, whatever it is, or just become an everydayer and be one of the coolest people ever. And if you want to support the channel, also comment down below in YouTube. Sam McKenzie says, yes, sir, everydayer. I love it. So let's talk your questions. Josh Darby says every day. Trey, uh, Trey Westbrook says every day or dig it. Every day or, I had to ask Locked On about this. It is technically a uh, two, word, two word thing. Keith Brumfeld says every day. So who do you want to see them replace Jonas Valanciunas with? Let me, let me flip it around on you. Put it in the comments. Who do you want to see them get Jonas Valanciunas? I've seen a couple of people say... Um, Gafford from the Washington Wizards. Like, is that better a better situation than Jonas Valanciunas? And I'm not really sure that it is. He was okay last year, but I, I'm pulling up his numbers and everything right now, and they don't, like, jump out at you for everything. He's not a very good defensive rebounder. He's a decent enough shot blocker though I wouldn't call him elite at that and 
I don't know. Like if you can't rebound and you're the center, like I'm not as excited about you as other people. He's also got three more years on his deal. Makes a little bit less money than Jonas Valanciunas. So let's just say hypothetically you trade him you know, straight one for one thing. It saves you about $3 million there. But I think the Pelicans are looking to do more than just save $3 million. I think they really are looking to try and do something a little bit more significant than that. So Gafford, like, eh, I don't love that at all. It's not the, the worst idea if you need a starter, I guess. But no, like, I wouldn't say I'm particularly excited about him. Someone else put in uh, Wendell Carter Jr. Yeah, that's fine. He's more high usage, I think, than I would want to see on the Pelicans. You, again, want a guy that doesn't really need the ball in his hand. He is a very good rebounder. He's not much of a rim protector, though sometimes you don't need to be a full-on rim protector. You just need to kind of be a deterrent there. So, that could work, and I don't know if the Pelicans need tons of rim protection. They switch on the perimeter. That's their defensive scheme to try and kind of prevent people attacking the paint. Um, so, I don't know. Like, those are it's a fine option. What's he make? Like, salary's got to start to become a very big, important factor in this. He makes... Two million less. He's on a declining deal. That's good. Three three million or thirteen million dollars next season so saves you about two and a half million dollars. It's not like enough of an upgrade to me to go after something like that. Reggie Max says Robert Williams from the Celtics, who is being signed and traded right to the. Oh no, that's Grant Williams. So they they're not going to let him go. They're not going to let him go. Uh, so I don't think. That is really an option. Uptown Teen says Boogie Cousins. No, probably not going to happen with Boogie Cousins. Um, Rob, Rob says Boogie would give you a quality 15 minutes a night. Like, would he? Would he? I mean, maybe. I don't think 15 minutes. Five minutes. Yeah. 15, I think that might be a little bit harder here. <laughs> Trail Mountain. James Harden for Zion. Get get me. No, not going to happen. Uh, that's That's not going to work at all. What about PJ Washington, who's a restricted free agent? So that's a bit of a problem right there. Um, I don't think that would end up working. I don't think that's going to end up happening. He's also like a real small center, right? Like that's kind of part of the problem there. At that point, just go with like EJ Liddell or Larry Nance Jr. He's also a terrible rebounder. He has a career defensive rebounding percentage of 15.7. That's half of what Jonas Valanciunas has. JV's is in the 30s. 13 last year. He grabbed 13% of available defensive boards. That's horrible. No. Miles Turner is a name that makes a lot of sense. The Pelicans have called about him, but they... I don't know if he's going to get traded there as I think they actually kind of like the roster they have in Indiana. He was good last year. I finally have come around on him a little bit, but I don't think that he is someone that is going to really be able to be gotten right now. Matt Levine says, how many minutes will Trey start the season with? Is he our sixth man? I mean, right now I think he's penciled in as the sixth man. I wouldn't hate if he was the starter for the team over Herb Jones, but that kind of depends on Herb Jones. And, you know, I'm going to save that. I have a whole show coming on that. I have that planned out of should Trey start. Maybe we'll get into that next week, you know, depending if we have like a slow day from summer league or something like that. Um, I think you could make a very, I think there's an easy argument to be made for Trey. I also think there's an easy argument to be made for Herb, and that's kind of part of the 
problem here. 504 Doc says JV is slow on defense, which kills us. Yeah, he's bad in the pick and roll. Like, he's bad in the pick and roll, but, like, he's better than any of these other options, and it wasn't like the defense was bad for the Pelicans, right? You know, I've seen a number of people scream, like, defense, they were the sixth best defense. Like, things weren't broken there, even if JV wasn't good in the pick and roll. Like, overall, it was fine, I think. And so, I wouldn't really worry about that too too much until it actually becomes a problem which I don't think it has been just yet someone asked about uh going after Siakam as your starting center to be the center I mean he's a tweener too right like I like him he's very good he's very good offensively he's very good on the perimeter but you know he's the majority of his minutes come at power forward as opposed to center and so I think when you look at it like that like not as a replacement for for JV, you know, could you close with him at center? I'm not sure. I haven't watched him enough to really know that, but I don't know if that's a realistic thing. Joshua Liang says, can I watch summer league for free? If, if I'm not in the new Orleans area, yeah, everything is on ESPN or NBA TV. So if you have those, you can watch them. I don't know what the streaming is going to be from pelicans.com. If you have to be in market or not, but you can get it either on league pass in the thing right now, I guess, but either on NBA TV or ESPN. So I think those are things. Kevin Byers asks, any legit prospects from the Pell's Summer League roster? I have a show on this. I can tell Kevin is not an everydayer because we literally did a Summer League breakdown two days ago of everyone. So everyone you need to look at and know about is going to be in that show and there's not a center prospect in there. Dyson Daniels is going to get big run here. Um, Kyrie Irving versus Herb Jones. Six. How, how do we get it six times a season? They're going to play four times a season. They won't play six times unless we're looking in the playoffs. Or I haven't even looked into what the play. The uh, I guess you get in the playing tournament too, or the in-season tournament. But yeah, when it comes to Jonas Valanciunas, looking at some of all of these things, you know, I. None of those options really like excite me enough to move JV unless you're doing it just purely to save money. And I would kind of hate that. I'd rather move. <laughs> there we go, Kevin. I'd rather move off of Kyra Lewis Jr. than just dump JV because you have to dump JV. Um, Craig says Liam Robbins may show out not in Summer League because he's not playing in Summer League. He's hurt. Listen to the show. <laughs> I'm telling y'all, I covered that one. So, no, they don't have a prospect in Summer League that could be a great center. Also, you know, maybe eventually, but these guys that aren't drafted, that becomes a bit of a thing. Um, there was another question I wanted to answer in there. Uh, Harold Go LSU says, Jakob Pertl, like, no, he just re-signed. You're not gonna, they're not going to trade him. They were never going to trade him. You know, that's um, not someone they're going to move when they just re-signed him and they also gave up picks for him. JH15 says, Hey Jake, do you like Zubach? Yeah, I love Zubach, but he's not going to get traded. Zubach is making 10 million a year, starts for the Clippers, is a cheap kind of lob threat that doesn't really need the ball in his hands that can rebound and do other things well. Why would the Clippers let him go? That's a team that's like deep, 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 deep into the luxury tax. So you're telling me you can have kind of a cheap ish player? Like that's fantastic. He started 76 games. For the Los Angeles Clippers last season, he makes $11 million this coming season. They're not going to trade him. 
they're not going to even come close to trading him, I don't think. So I don't, you know, a lot of people have said him to me, but like that's one that I'm not even, we don't need to waste much time on. Like he's just not going to get moved because he's a good player on a very good contract that kind of fits the Pelicans, like, or the Clippers perfectly. So we'll go a couple more minutes here since we had the technical difficulties to start. I don't even know what happened. I got to look into that. That was so weird. We're just everything shut down. And I'm glad the stream somehow kept going and it just went black or whatever it was. Um, is Cody Zeller third string? Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's a relative term. He's probably fourth in the big man rotation, I think. Um, Ricky Diavil says, I wouldn't trade Jonas for Clint Capella. That's an intriguing one. I don't hate that idea. Capella's a straight up lob threat so you don't need to get him the ball he gives you rebounding he gives you some rim protection is his contract just awful is the question but Clint Capella is a good useful player 12 points per game last season 11 rebounds um 1.2 blocks started 63 games doesn't shoot threes we already knew that isn't a good free throw shooter. That's not great, given where the Pelicans could be. The defensive rebounding numbers are are like slightly worse than JV, but more or less the equi- equivalent of that. He's a decent enough rim protector. Like, yeah, you you'd sell me on him. He makes twenty point six million dollars this season. Twenty two point two six five next season. You know, if you could package JV and Kyra Lewis Jr. for Capella, like I'd be all for that. I would pay the luxury tax for Clint Capella to upgrade this roster. I don't know if ownership would, like if if Clint Capella is like a sexy enough name, but I like the Clint Capella idea. That's probably someone we'll have to look at next week on Lockdown Pelicans. Great, great call on that. He's not someone I've thought about um, when it comes to that. Um, where's another thing I wanted to answer here? What about Carlo Matkovich? They, they have high hopes for him. They like him a lot. He's been in New Orleans working out with the team and everything. He'll be there in summer league. He's going to play overseas next year. I don't see them signing him. I think it's going to be at least a year. But I like... Oh, you said I wouldn't trade Jonas for Capella. I like Capella over Jonas. I think that's fine. Um, so Carlo will come over maybe in another year at the earliest, I think. Um, so that's going to be a year away, but I think he's going to have a pretty good summer league and people are going to be like, sign him, sign him, sign him. It's not going to happen yet. There's some like other stuff going on there. So it's going to be like another year, I think before all of that. Um, thank you, Sam, for being sorry about Tenali and AC Milan. I'm a big soccer fan, big AC Milan fan. Don't, no, we don't even need to talk about Yusuf Nurkic at all. Like at all. He's bad. He's way, way worse than, Jonas Valanciunas. The only way I think it would I'd be cool with Nurkic coming over is if you traded Jonas in a deal for Damian Lillard that doesn't give up Zion Williamson or Brandon Ingram. But like Nurkic is not good. Um, I, <laughs> I'm laughing at Joshua here saying Kai Soto. Kai Soto is not good. Kai Soto has a legion of devoted fans, a legion of devoted fans that are really passionate and love him. He's not good, though, and he won't be in the NBA. He's on the Magic Summer League team, and trust me, I would have loved him to be on the Summer League because the views for the show would have gone through the roof just by putting Kai Soto in the title. 
Um, VB Saints Pals Lady says, Jake, will Kyra get sent to the G League if he doesn't get traded before the season starts? No, he won't. Um, he's too good for it. It doesn't do you any good. You know, the G League is like not like the NBA. And once you, you kind of show you don't need to be there, then like you just don't need to do it. it. Those minutes are kind of, if you're better than that, like not actually valuable unless you're legit rehabbing from an injury. And he's not at this point. Um, I am says, how is Clint better than Jonas? That's worth spacing. Jonas doesn't actually space the court. He hits some threes. Don't get me wrong, but it's not spacing the court. Hitting threes is not the same as spacing the court. You need defenders to guard you on the perimeter. If they were guarding Jonas on the perimeter, his three-point shots would be blocked because it's such a slow kind of catapult windup that it doesn't really work to actually space the court. There's a reason he's open from there. He shot, what did he shoot on three this year? It wasn't particularly great, right? Oh, it wasn't bad. 30, 35% on 1.4 attempts per game. Like, that's not an amazing number. Like, teams aren't going to guard him out there. They'll let him just kind of shoot all of that. Um, Carlito Jose says, uh, Net Center forgot the name. You're talking about Nick Claxton. I don't think they're going to move him. He's good. He's young. You know, a lot of the names people throw out there just, like, aren't realistic trade options because the, there's no way you're going to convince the other team to trade them. And it's not like Brooklyn needs more picks, right? Zubach, it's not like the Lakers or the Clippers care about first round picks. So that doesn't really matter. Ricky says, what do the Cavs want for Jared Allen? I don't know if they want to really trade Jared Allen. You know, I think New Orleans called about them, uh, about him. And they have, but I don't think you got very far on talks. The only reason you mainly move him is because you're kind of scared about the bad playoff series he had against the Knicks. And if you need someone to space the court or clear up minutes for Evan Mobley, and maybe he's in the way, but I don't really think that you look, uh, Jared Allen's the dream. I'd happily pay the luxury tax for, and the Pels should pay the luxury tax if they get him. But I don't really think that it was it, that it's really going to work. I don't think they're going to end up trading him. Louisiana Don says, Pels have too many guards. Like, not not really. You have CJ. Herb's a wing, so not really a guard, but can play the guard spot. You have Dyson. You have now Jordan Hawkins. And I talked a lot about him last uh, yesterday on the show. And then you have Jose Alvarado. You know, I don't know if that's a ton of depth there. That's relying on two relatively unproven guys in Dyson Daniels and Jordan Hawkins. I would actually like to see a little bit more depth added there. So if they could get somebody, I think that would be really, really good. Um, Sebron, next undrafted gem, hopefully. Hopefully, but he has one skill and it hasn't happened yet. I don't know if he's that great. So we will see. Uh, Larry Nance Jr. did not do well in getting rebounds and closing games. Correct. He was also really, really, really hurt. But he's also a little undersized. So there's there's also that. That's why they got a guy like Cody Zeller. They want some more depth there. And it's, you know, at least he gives you, he's a breathable body that you're not really too worried about. And so that's, I think, why they ended up going with that. It's just like a very safe, safe move, essentially, for the Pelicans to go out and, and get him if it's even just like very unsexy and all of that. So a couple of other questions before we wrap up here. We're going a little bit long. I'll probably go back to doing these shows once a week, by the way. So subscribe to Locked on Pelicans on YouTube. 
wherever you get your podcast. If you want to listen that way, we'll probably do these. I like Thursdays at 7 p.m. Unless there's a game there. I can't remember if the Pelicans have a summer league game next coming Thursday. Uh, Brandon talked about Mitchell Robinson earlier, but I don't think it's worth going to the luxury tax for him. Other players, maybe, maybe not him here. So put your questions there. Subscribe to Locked On Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, the number one Pelicans podcast. Um, Mika Vander Fargo says, Jake, what do you think the rotation will be and how many minutes will each player play considering all of us are healthy? That's a show. That's going to be a whole show. We'll get to that a little bit closer to the start of like training camp. So we're about a month away from something like that show here. Yeah. Lakers fans calling Hayes a good grab. No, I went on locked on Lakers with the Kamenetsky brothers who are awesome, by the way. And like part of locked on is they don't want to swearing. So like, I can't, I don't swear. We want to be family friendly. You know, we were like the number one podcast network or sports podcast network in the U S like don't do that. Our shows get put on TV and other places. And when they were like, you know, what are your concerns about him? They're asking me about Jackson Hayes. And I was like, he's a expletive basketball player. Is based, I like I just swore without even thinking about it. And I know not to do that. And I was like, oh, no, we're going to get in trouble for this because, well, he's a blank basketball player. <laughs> kind of simple, simple as that. So I don't think he's going to be doing much for the Lakers. So I'm glad that the Lakers get him like good luck, like simple, <laughs> you know, have, have fun with him. Like he wasn't good here. I have questions about his maturity and commitment and all of those things. So, no. Uh, Jordan Hawkins' nickname, it's just Hawk, right? Jayhawk, Hawk, simple as that, I think. Not Baby Hawk anymore now that he's in the NBA. I think he said just Hawk. Hawk is good. It doesn't have to be, uh, a, you know, anything here. Um, will Trey be the sixth man? How about CJ for the sixth man? We will look at all of those. There's a whole sh- there's a whole show planned of should Trey start. Don't worry, I got you covered there. Trust me, I think about this all the time. What's the show going to be? I don't just kind of get in front of a camera and record. It's well planned out. Um, love the job you do. Thanks, bro. Thank you for being here. Thank all of y'all for being here. The live shows are fun. I like interacting with y'all when whatever the te- technical difficulties. Hawk Daddy, I don't know if he's old enough to be called Hawk Daddy, right? Like he's not old enough to be called Hawk Daddy. Baby Hawk or just Hawk, I think are important. Um, yeah, I'm not calling him Hawk Daddy, at least not yet. When he hits 10 threes in a game, then I will call him Hawk Daddy. Terry Westbrook says, yes, I dig your show, man. Thank you. Thank you all so much here. We'll go back to doing the live shows Thursday. There'll be an extra show on Saturday for the pre uh, preseason summer league game tomorrow. We'll watch that. I'm going to record a show, knock that out for you all. So you have something on Saturday so we can break it all down. It'll be a little bit shorter. Probably probably won't be like a full three segments and all of that. Um, but it'll be a lot of fun. I'm excited to see some Pelicans basketball. I'll be watching on the Pelicans.com stream. I love that they're doing that. Gus Kattengill and Aaron Summers are awesome at their job. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So we'll have more to come. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Pelicans. Again, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Become an everydayer. Listen Monday through Friday. It's the number one show. Come on. Do you don't want to miss out? And of course, comment down below on YouTube every single day. That is the number one thing you can do if you want to support the channel other than listening. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. As always, I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. 
And um, bonus show, Saturday. That's when you all see me next. So thank you all for being here. Enjoyed interacting with you all. And live show, Thursday, 7 p.m. I'll get it scheduled a little bit earlier so you can click the button and everything. See you all on Saturday.